Hello, this is Gina Versa for the Waffle Press podcast. We are on Hangouts through YouTube, and we are bringing back um, TV Hangouts for um, Black Mirror. Um, it's a favorite show of mine. It's also a favorite show. Are you joining us today? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. And firstly, I'm a, I know you're a big fan of Black Mirror, but it's a BBC show, um, and it's also, net, you know, starts streaming on Netflix. How did you um, discover Black Mirror? Um, one of the musicians I had followed on Twitter, like, years ago, uh, a second season came out. He had tweeted about how he and his wife started watching Black Mirror, and he loved how messed up it was. Yeah the show so like i didn't do any research into it i just like found it on netflix and started watching it that night and instantly hooked to it Mm -hmm. did you watch the first episode was that the first one you watched i did watch the first episode it it (laughs) leaves quite the impression it does and i tell everyone who ever wants to start watching it to skip the first episode (laughs) right yeah yeah um yeah, it really sets the tone, but what was the uh, musician that uh, tweeted about it? It was, uh, he used to be the guitarist for My Chemical Romance. <laughs> oh, okay. Is he English? Uh, no, he's not. He's oh, okay. from New Jersey, so yeah. Cool, cool. And, was it, you got, did you start watching, did you feel like it was like a star, uh, excuse me, a Twilight Zone-esque show, like an anthology? Do you feel like it was like oh. a spiritual success success to it? Oh, absolutely. It, it the way I describe it now and the way I've I've been describing it is it's literally Twilight Zone, but like rated R for adults of today. Like mm-hmm. it's it's messed up for the for the adults of today, whereas Twilight Zone was just kind of like weird for the adults of when Twilight Zone was airing. Yeah, like just a brand new level of mm-hmm. completely messed up. Right, and weird in Twilight Zone is like a. It's like alien with three, or excuse me, uh, four hands in the six. Yeah, yeah, that was weird back then. (laughs) Or a third eye with all their designs. Yeah, or just like basic time travel where it'd be like, whoa, we're like with the dinosaurs now. (laughs) What is uh, what is your favorite uh, Twilight Zone episode? Just uh, off the top of my head, it's probably uh. The Body Electric, I think that's what it's called. Okay, um, is that with the uh, the? It's with the nanny, right? And she's like a robot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a that's a yeah. that's a fun fact. I believe that's the only um, episode written by Ray Brad- Bradbury in the whole series. That makes sense because I love Ray Bradbury. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, let me check. And yes, it was. Yeah, so. For uh, such a profile show, it's cool that they got Ray Bradbury for like one episode. Yeah. yeah. And any uh, any other ones? I'll I'll say mine in a second, but you you could have like a tie, you know. Only one that I ever remember the name to, uh, because mm-hmm. like whenever they would do like the Twilight Zone marathon, I would obviously put it on. But like that's the only one I ever really remember the name to, and I don't know why that name always stuck out with me. It was mm-hmm. just always the one where I remembered for some reason <laughs> <laughs> i think mine is um well it's tied it's like tied with um 
Sorry, why am I forgetting the name? With Burgess Meredith um, and his glasses fall? It's okay. Okay. Like, all the time in the world, because that is the most, like, effed up ending <laughs> ever for Teletone. Okay. Because, okay, so, yeah. you know, there's a nuclear blast, and he survives it, surprisingly, because they didn't know about nuclear fallout back then. <laughs> yeah. But... He survives it, and then, you know, he's going to kill himself, and then he's, like, he realizes after his whole, like, thing in the episode, he just wants to read, and then he finally has time to read. And then, yeah. and then like, he gets all his books, and then his fucking glasses break. <laughs> and he, it's, like, the biggest, like, F you from the universe. <laughs> right. And he's farsighted, too. And then, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the uh, Futurama, Futurama parody of that, uh, where... I think it's like the scary door, and then it's like instead of yeah. uh, his glasses, it's his eyes. You know, excuse me, his glasses break, and then his eyeballs fall out, and he's like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. At least I could, I, I uh, understand Braille, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, that's oh my god, that's the best. And the second one is also with Burgess Meredith, um, because you know he's such an underrated actor, but he's like really great on that show. Uh-huh. As, um, I believe it's called, um, excuse me. Uh, it's the one where he's a librarian. Um, what is obsolete, the obsolete man. And it's the, you know, it's, there's no twists in it really. It's like in a dystopian society and they're like kind of, uh, more or less like you know like fascist and like nazi-esque and they all like reading and he uh he's getting executed but he demands like his own execution he gets to choose it uh-huh. and he chooses to um have like a uh, bomb in his house but only his executioner knows and then the leader goes and he like psychs out the leader and he gets uh him to say because they, i guess they all god like to say like oh god help me and uh-huh. the leader gets executed as well so oh yeah. wow okay All that's right. my second favorite but it's it's such a great show and uh charles booker has said that that was the main influence on black mirror one of them so um you know it's clearly clearly inspired by twilight zone oh yeah yeah, yeah. and i think it's a lot better than most of the revivals of twilight zone <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the '80s one or the 2000s one. No, I I really didn't. Um, because mm-hmm. they just never looked uh too fascinating. They never looked like they yeah. could hold their stories the way Twilight mm-hmm. Zone is known to. Right. Um. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Forrest Whitaker was a good was a good narrator, but you know. Nothing yeah. but uh yeah i am you know and i will say the movie has like some good segments this yeah I, movie. yeah yeah Most out of all I, the mm-hmm. sorry uh what i like from um black mirror is that they've embraced how you know they're basically stemming off of twilight zone Mm-hmm. But they, they don't do the, like, narration. Like, they don't have the voiceover of, like, oh, this is a town where, you know, everyone mm-hmm. has implants in their eyes and they can see everything. <laughs> and right. let's follow this one crazy chick around for a couple hours. It was, it's like... I know. <laughs> they set up their episodes so well that you 
don't need someone to tell you like, hey, this is what this is about. It's it's essentially like you are now being dropped into this world and you're accepting it. Right. And that's what I like about it because they 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 don't do so much hand holding, but they do enough to make uh, a general audience understand what's happening in the in the universe that this that a certain episode takes place in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. So I guess I guess just kind of just going right into it. Um, so shall we start discussing season four? Sure. Okay. Um, so we're just going to go episode by episode, but let's uh, let's do our. Do you want to list your favorite to least favorite of the season? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So favorite would have to be um hang the dj okay uh and then it's metalhead and then uss callister black museum archangel and then crocodile oh okay that's we have the same episodes for the last two at the bottom yeah (laughs) no one like archangel i guess Uh, okay so for me good choices by the way but I will go with USS Calister as the top. Then uh, Metalhead. Okay. Uh, Black Museum. Or excuse me. Uh, uh, Hang the DJ. Then Black Museum. Okay. Then Archangel and then Crocodile. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, no one, no one like Crocodile. Yeah. C- Crocodile didn't have that many like surprises to it. No. Like it was very obvious. as soon as, yeah, as soon as like the ex came back into the life when she was in the hotel room and she killed him, it was just like, okay, I know exactly where this episode is going to go. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was not very cool. People who make it out. Oh, for sure. Well, uh, well I guess we'll uh, have to save that for a little later. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So first episode was U.S. Callister. Um, it was they're all written by Charles Booker. Um, but this one has the exception of being co-written by William Burgess, mm-hmm. who um, was a co-writer on this sh- episode. Um, you know, I kind of was kind of checking his uh, IMDb, and he, uh, let me see, he did The Handmaid's Tale, and um, he just really kind of jumped around. Okay. Uh, excuse me, not Handmaid's Tale. He did is something called Shallow. It's a short film, and he just did a lot of miniseries. So okay. I think he's just kind of like a BBC writer, but maybe, yeah. And it was directed by Toby Haynes, who did many episodes of Doctor Who, which I don't uh-huh. watch. <laughs> <laughs> what, what episodes did he do of Doctor Who? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, oh, he did Sherlock as well. Uh, he did okay. the Christmas Carol one from 2010. Okay. Big Bang, Impossible Astronaut, and Day of the Moon. Okay. So he's done a pretty, he's done a couple good ones. The Impossible yeah. Astronaut was a good Doctor Who episode. Yeah, yeah I, I don't watch Doctor Who, so. <laughs> word for it. So um, I guess just first off on this episode, um, I was really glad that, um, sorry, let me turn off. I was really glad that they had the, because I guess Netflix, or excuse me, when when they moved to Netflix, they started doing like more than hour long episodes. Yeah. I want the 
the bees or whatever. But it, it felt very like the pacing of the season. Like it took me forever to finish that episode for whatever reason. So okay. I'm I'm really glad that they stuck the uh, hour long or hour plus long at the beginning because I I think when you know when you're binging you just you watch the first one like immediately yeah exactly yeah yeah so yeah uh, I don't know you you said you had the same trouble finishing that uh that hour long one from season three right the uh the hated a nation one yeah hated, uh, hated. hated in the nation mm-hmm. Yeah, it it just it just I don't know I it it was good but it just it took a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it took a while to get going, but this this one was uh you know, it, it it threw you right in there. Um, I guess just talking first, what do you think of uh when uh life gives you plumbins, Jesse Plumbins or <laughs> Matt, Matt Damon? Because. Yeah, Meth Matt Damon is a good uh, a good description of him because the first time I saw him, I was like, "Is that Matt Damon in heavy makeup or what's going <laughs> right. on?" Like, did really step up their cameos this season. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was good, but it was just um, I don't know if the timing was just odd for Blackbeard to put an episode like this out <laughs> considering mm-hmm. what's been happening with uh the media and women and their bosses right um but it was just like uh it was it was very uh even mm-hmm. though it was in this like crazy sci-fi world it was like yeah. super like oh okay cool we're gonna talk about this right now <laughs> and yeah. um what I liked from it is um Near the end of the episode, you find out that the uh, the guy, what's his name, J- Jimmy Simpson, I think. Uh, let me check. Um, let's see. Uh, well, uh, it's the actor from um, Westworld. We were talking. Yeah. He plays the man in black's friend. Uh, no, he oh. plays the young man in black. Spoilers. Oh, he plays James Walton in the episode. Oh, yeah, he plays Young Man in Black, and then he plays. Isn't he on The Punisher as well? It's Ben Barnes. That's his friend. Okay, okay got you. So yeah, it's the Young Man in Black. Um, what's it? What's the actor's name? Is it Billy Magnuson? No, no, it's Jimmy. Jimmy Simpson's. Jimmy Simpson. Yeah. What I liked about that was like you're going through. Five percent of this episode, seeing it from um, Jesse Plemons' eyes, mm-hmm. and you're seeing you're seeing Jimmy Simpson as this like you know, run of the mill cocky, who clearly takes took over, part. yeah, who takes over and is the ladies' man of, of the two of them, and you're seeing that, but then like near the end of it, you're seeing this uh, character or at least part of this person. And, and who has a son that he loves dearly and maybe he does talk to the ladies but he never like forces anything on them like Jesse does he doesn't he's not creepy mm-hmm. around it he's just he's uh extroverted and he knows how to be extroverted without being terrible mm-hmm. he is introverted but he's mm-hmm. that level of introverted that like everyone is unco- yeah it's creepy everyone's uncomfortable around him no one knows how to approach him or talk to him because Mm -hmm. he's just kind of like that weird kid that 
and for the conversation a little too long. So I liked I liked that shift at the end where you're seeing this bad guy be the good guy, and you're seeing mm-hmm. this guy who you kind of felt bad for being this absolute monster with his power. Yeah. And yeah, he he played creepy really well. I mean, you know, he kind of yeah. comes off as like sad sacky, I guess. Like yeah, exactly. Service level. But then yeah. he's like really sinister. Um and that's like yeah, you know, uh, I have to hand it to Jesse Plummins. He really uh, has a lot of depth to this character. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was cool to see uh, them go against uh, trope or excuse me, kind of like archetypes, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you you think you uh, you're seeing this certain story, but then they twist it on his head, which you know, I guess I you know that's uh, really more uh, time not timely, but uh, just. Uh, more uh, relevant as writers, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree with that because, um, you know, every, like I said, everyone's used to the, the science fiction story of the uh, nerd who did all the code and who did mm-hmm. all the software and then the handsome best friend stepping into the limelight and taking all the credit. And then, like, you're you're waiting for the redemption of the nerd, but you don't get the redemption in this episode because you find out that he doesn't deserve the redemption. He deserves what he gets, whereas so yeah. does the the handsome best friend, quote unquote handsome best friend, gets mm. his redemption by he's not a being controlled in this guy's AI situation anymore, and B the guy has no control over his son, which is mm. one of the most demented things anyone can do. Yeah, that, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, that scene, oh man, that was really haunting when he throws like, yeah. even though it's the it's a digital version of his son, you know, just the yeah. interview. Of it. So it's just really haunting and he throws him out in the, uh, the cargo hold, you know? Yeah, like that's one of the most messed up things you could do to a person. Mm-hmm. Like, you take something like that it like some someone so important in someone's life like that and you just you make them watch them die so they take on their role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really broke that character. Yeah. <coughs> Which like mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's why it makes sense. Like he's just kinda walking around and he's drinking anything he can drink because he knows like there's no way out for him and he doesn't have faith because he got his life shattered right in front of him. So mm-hmm. Yeah sense for him yeah and uh just really quick uh that was the season's first uh easter egg was the um the digital copies which we saw before in the christmas episode which is how they break john ham's character yeah yeah so that that was a cool uh them reusing um i guess elements from previous seasons I I like that they do that, and I like that they do it subtly. With sometimes it's subtle, sometimes it's more in the face. But with handling that type of stuff, they're Easter eggs, I should say. Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, I mean, I I really like this episode um, story wise. Um, You you said did you have like any uh, critiques on the story you were saying before um, when we were talking about? Critiques on the story? Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I just wish it was like um, 
I don't know, because it was it was good, but it, it didn't blow me away the same okay. way it, it like it blew other people away. Mm-hmm. Nice to have uh, the main girl, uh, that the pretty actress with the really big eyes. It was nice to have her charge. Oh yeah, and like instant. And like as soon as she got there, instantly she's like, "No, I'm not gonna do this. This is messed mm-hmm. up. I'm gonna find a way out for everyone." Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, yeah, I liked that about it. That was cool. And then um, I I liked that they didn't um, they didn't do the horror ending where it was like where when she in the real world went up to Jesse Plemons and was like, Hey, I got this weird message from your computer. Mm-hmm. And I liked how, I liked how they didn't go with Jesse Plemons being like, Oh, that's weird. Well, let, let us go somewhere secluded so I can kill you. So you don't tell anyone about it. Like, <laughs> right. I like that. They, they let her fight and they let her fight to the end. Oh yeah. No, that's, that was great. Um, yeah, just the, uh, you know, that, that character, um, you know, it's, it's really cool that, uh, they have like a, uh, like a female character that's like empowering, especially in uh, Star Trek, which um, yeah, you know doesn't have many few female captains, except yeah, for, exactly uh, Discovery and Voyager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, just just going off of that, um, so you know, um, what did you think of its? Uh, I'm not sure how big a Trekkie you are. Uh, if uh, are you by any chance? I, I've seen the J.J. Abrams movies, okay. and I, I've caught, like, bits and pieces of the older movies and the older TV shows, because my dad is really into Star Trek. Mm. So uh, I've, like, seen a couple episodes here and there, but I haven't, like, sat down to watch anything fully. Okay. Um. So, yeah, but it, it seemed like it was, uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, it had some homages to Star Trek, you could see, with all the lens flares. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, some of the, uh, you know, uh, imagery and, like, uh, outfits and all that. Um, but, you know, yeah, what, what did you think, I guess, uh, um, just uh, looking, looking outside, looking in on just some of the critiques they had of Star Trek and fandom? Oh, uh, sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good because I think they, they uh, I want to say, made fun of it. Um, respectful for like what star trek is and for what star trek is to people but they also Mm -hmm. like dug in dug into like you know those diehard fans who oh i know like it just a little bit too much (laughs) and um and uh they i think they did a good job of like how they would mock how like past star trek or even you know, like the first uh, Chris Pine Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. how they would mock how the girls were written. Whenever Jesse Plemons right. would go on the ship, they'd be like, "Oh, Captain, you're so smart and so mm-hmm. brave." And I liked how they they dug in on that and how um, science fiction are just written to be stewardesses and just written right. to stroke the ego of certain characters and. Mm-hmm show that and then like as soon as as soon as jesse Plemons was like off screen they would be like man he's a dick like <laughs> yeah I, I would i would say it was more uh yeah. captain kirk uh excuse me the william shatner kirk yeah. uh, then uh could the chris pine because i don't know the 
Well, we'll, we'll talk about that later because they did call out the uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. But yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed the critiques and especially, you know, for uh, for a series that's supposed to be about like this, uh, you know, perfect uh, society um, mm-hmm. in space. You know, sometimes they don't treat the uh, female characters as great as they should have. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, a lot of them in the original series, um, you know, s- you know, some characters are just like stewardess. You know, I think there's like a, uh, you know, the the episode with like Khan, his first appearance, where there's like a uh, a female character that just gets kind of uh, used as like a plot device. Um, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw the Spacey, the first one, but she just like, Not. yeah. You know, she just like betrays the Enterprise crew because she has like a crush on Khan. And it hasn't been a yeah, picture. Yeah. But, um, you know, let's just uh, let's go on to um, just kind of some of the treatment of, uh, you know, female characters in Star Trek. Um, because I'll put a uh, picture of this, but I don't know if you you've seen The Inner Darkness, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I love that. Oh, okay. Sorry. sorry. Do you ever. Do you remember that, because uh, it was in all the trailers, that uh, scene with uh, Alice Eve, who's Carol Marcus, and, like, they're they're trying to get onto the, the planet, and she has to, like, get into, like, a space suit, space right? Yeah. And for no reason, starts, like, changing behind them. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And in Black Mirror, I don't know if, you, you know, they, they use that exact same shot where it's this, uh, this, uh, over the shoulder shot of uh, I forgot the uh, the female character in Black Mirror. Or excuse me, in a or excuse me, there's an over the shoulder shot of Carol Marcus and mm-hmm. they they kill Kirk, and it's like the exact same frame that they use for when uh, she's trying to uh, distract uh, yeah. the the captain in the Black yeah, Mirror yeah. episode. That that seemed like a very uh, very direct dig at you know into darkness. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I think it was meant to be for Into Darkness, but I, because I, I saw it that way too, because you brought it up, um, and I've been, like, researching and thinking about it, but um, I also, like, just the outfits alone that he had the girls in, mm-hmm. um, it was just, it was obviously supposed to show off um, how past science fiction shows and how past, uh, and up until pretty recently, how would treat their girls with their costumes, with the way they would show them getting dressed. Because, like, even in the first Star Trek from J.J. Abrams, when Chris Pine is hiding underneath that girl's bed, and yeah. uh, Zoe Saldana walks in and just immediately starts undressing. Like, the camera doesn't need to be on her when she's doing that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, the new, uh, the new Abrams had, you know, uh, it had a fair amount of it, yeah. but I think they got a little better in time. Mm-hmm. No, of course. Yeah, I mean, Beyond, yeah, Beyond didn't have anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, That's what I liked about Beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, a lot of, like, kind of, you know, staples in science fiction, like Star Trek and Star Wars, are trying to, you know, improve on that. Because, you know, even in Star Wars, there's so much, like, you know, uh, kind of, I, I don't know, like, uh, What's, what's the word? Um, where, where, you know, the, all the outfits are also sort of like that with, Sexualized? like, uh, yeah, even stuff like 
in Attack of the Clones with like Padme, and she gets like yeah yeah she gets like I think the lion creature like like scratches her and then like it rips off like her what I don't her know shirt her shirt a little bit yeah and it shows yeah. her stomach for like no reason at all yeah yeah it, it's like it, it it tears it off like perfectly to be a midriff so yeah, <laughs> yeah. damn it George which, which is like. Great fashion sense, but uh, <laughs> not appropriate yeah. for what she needs to be doing. Yeah. So yeah, you know, there's just there's been a lot of that in uh, science fiction. I will. Uh, I do agree. And uh, I was reading um, with like mm-hmm. uh, the fifth element. The fifth element is also a great example where you have oh. this creature who just happens to take the form of a, a female body, and you have her in a one piece mm-hmm. for most for like her and then she gets dressed but then her clothes are a midriff and you know there's always yeah. like the constant shots of her half naked or whatever and mm-hmm. it's not uncommon unfortunately in science fiction yeah. um it's actually starting to become a little more common for women to start dressing appropriately uh because yeah. if you look at captain phasma and midriff and her mm-hmm. metal armor and yeah. um we we have yet to see Ray in a, in a weird gold bikini, so yeah, <laughs> it, it's getting a little better. It's a little bit at a time, but it, it's getting better. Yeah, no, that's that's all we could hope for. Um, just kind of a little changing gears here. Um, so the the cameo at the end was Aaron Paul, who is credited as I believe his gamer tag was Gamer sixty nine one. Did you? Okay, first off, did you notice it was Aaron Paul? I had no idea until I read oh. about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is that, yeah, someone someone pointed, I think someone tweeted that out immediately. I was like, oh, that is, that is his voice. Huh? <laughs> it's a cool cameo, especially with Jeffrey. Yeah, Green. I like that they did that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also, you know, the, the, the episode was not only a critique of Star Trek. Um, it was also kind of a gaming culture. Would you, would you be inclined to agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, mm-hmm. like, you don't really get that until the end, um, because, right. like, 98% of the episode is them trying to get this program up and running, and then mm-hmm. it's it's just great how, at the end, they're having this triumphant moment, and then here comes Aaron Paul, and he's like, so are you guys going to shoot me, or are you just going to be a bunch of pansies? Like, it's the perfect slap in the face of, like, some kid or some adult buying, like, the new Call of Duty and getting in because they've oh, been no. waiting and waiting. And then they get online and they're like, hey, why aren't you good at this game? It's like, because I just got it five seconds ago. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was great critique. It's of, great of how online gaming can be for in-the-middle in type of yeah. gamers for mm-hmm. any type of platform. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that's why I don't online game. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, just do it with a mic or don't do it with a mic. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was, you know, it seemed very, um like, you know, it seemed a very good critique of, like, gaming culture because, you know, it's just uh, a lot of, like, gamers, I don't know if it's just, you know, they get, like, stunned and grow, but they're very, uh you know, very, uh like, you know, as we saw with the gamer game movement, so mis- misogynistic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I remember the gamer game. Oh. Movement. That was so dumb. I, know. I still can't believe uh, one of the, was it Adam Baldwin was a Gamergate person? The yeah. guy from Firefly? Yeah. Jesus Christ. And he, also, <laughs> that's, and he also believes in not vaccinating your kids. So. I'll just tell no you one, all you need to 
So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad that it had it took the time to critique gaming culture because that definitely needs to be critiqued. Oh, know? absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on the episode before we move on? Uh, not not that I can think of. No, I think we mm-hmm. covered all bases. Uh, just one last thing: how creepy was like all the body horror? elements of the episode like you know she doesn't have like a mouth or like transforms people into like monsters oh that part stressed me out because that 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 played into a really good god complex that they had been like hinting at and they showed they 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 kind of like hit it on the head when he shot the kid out of the the air vent but like him just like instantly being like you're gonna be a creature or you're just not gonna have a mouth to either breathe or talk to me like that part really like of like okay do not trust this guy because he has a very obvious god complex that he cannot Mm -hmm. get over yeah it's a benevolent god too yeah so that that was a really cool like hard sci-fi element of the show because you see that a lot in like like old-timey sci-fi books where there's a god character yeah, and he just yeah, like fucks yeah. with everyone. Yeah, 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 exactly. So next episode was it's on the bottom of both our lists at the same place. Yeah. Archangel, and I was very surprised by not liking this um, because it's directed by Jodie Foster. Who, I know. Um, yeah, who was like really billed as like, oh, this is the guest director, and she's done some uh-huh. really, um, some really good work direct, directing wise. Um, you know, she did, uh, what was that movie she did? Uh, Money Monster. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's done Orange is the New Black. I, I haven't seen those episodes, but I'm assuming they're good. And she did The Beaver, um, and she gave, she got Mel Gibson to seem sympathetic, so, <laughs> you know. Truly a great feat in, uh, being mm-hmm. a director slash person. Yeah. I don't know. I was, I was surprised. I just I didn't really enjoy this episode too much, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it was about. I think it was the ending. Mm-hmm. I think it was also. Um, sorry, I'm looking up what episode of Orange Is the New Black oh, did she sure. direct? <laughs> yeah, and, and she's. I think she's been the only like women director of the show so far as well. I want to say. Huh, maybe. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll have to But, yeah, what, what episodes I, I, did you do? I think it was, uh, oh, she did, um, it was in all the way in season one. It was episode oh. three. It was called Lesbian Request Denied. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, really off topic, but for Orange is the New Black, I, I cannot stand the theme song. Really? Yeah, like I, I really hate that theme song. <laughs> everyone loves it too. Really? Because I don't know. Every everyone, uh, some people I talk to like really dislike it. Like, I don't know. I think it's catchy, but like if you're binging it at four in the morning, then you skip the intro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that's why the bun's for. The bun is for. So I guess I'm um, just kind of going on. Mm-hmm. What? Why we didn't like this? episode was you feel like it was too cliche like 
Um, like, none of it mm-hmm. made sense. Like, okay. It, it, it's not a full god complex, but it's a control complex. Yeah. It's very, like, surveillance statey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know what they were trying to say with the episode, where it was like, if you could control what your kid was looking at, would you? And I'm sure every parent has thought of. Yeah. But at at the same time, I don't know. It's just like, from my point of view, um, people need to learn certain things. And sometimes Mm -hmm. learning those things is a a hard slap in the face by reality. So if you're if you're controlling your kid, are you really sure that kid's gonna grow up to be this perfect angel that you mm-hmm. want her to be, or is she gonna grow up isolated and yeah. confused as to, like they 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 touched on it a little bit when she was like writing on her paper and then she started stabbing her finger because mm-hmm. she wanted to see what it looked like. Yeah, like it kind of messed her up because she couldn't yeah. see him. You know, it kind of exactly. reminds me of like Clockwork Orange. Like you're not. Like, if you take the choice of, like, being good or bad towards someone, like, mm. it's not, they're not really good, you know? Like, they just can't choose bad. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you have to give them the choice so, to make If them. they had gone down the path of, like, her being secretly messed up by it, I think I would have liked it more. Yeah, more but subtle. It's, yeah, more mm. subtle of, like, okay, maybe, um... <clears throat> Like the psychopathic killer route, where it's like, if I finally, you know, choke this dog that's always barking at me as I walk down the street, am I gonna see it, or is it just gonna go blurry for me? Yeah, mm-hmm. a little creepy, like make it a little bit more suspenseful. Mm-hmm. But it was just like the mom was just like, oh, I've done this horrible thing to my child. Let me turn it off. And then it was like, a, like the. A, the girl didn't look 15, because she was supposed to yeah, be 15. Yeah, I didn't really know that. 25. <laughs> <laughs> and um, B, you're watching it thinking, okay, she's 17, 18, maybe. And then it, it's revealed that she's 15, and it's like, okay, well, you've just made me uncomfortable because you showed me a scene with a person portraying a 15-year-old having sex for the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it was just like, obviously this mother's nagging instinct and intent is going to go back to that tablet because she can't keep it off because she almost lost her kid once. And it just, it didn't, it didn't hold up for me. Like the ending was so weird because the kid could have just taken the tablet and ran away, but instead they just like out of the blue had this good character snap instantly and kill her mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, does, it it seemed like a parody of itself. Like it seemed like a scary door, scary door version of Black Mirror. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it seemed like too obvious. Where it was like, um, like it was, it's like you know, it was like it was too like it wasn't subtle enough. It was so direct. Like, like oh, let's talk about like parents being worried for their kids. Like, like they want to put a camera in their heads, and it's like it's literally a camera in their heads. You know? Yeah. And then it was just frustrating with the boy because it was like this mom is setting her daughter up for heartbreak and then like tries to mend the heartbreak. But the boy easily could have been like, hey, you know what? Like, here's like subtly like put a piece of paper in her purse or something and then like have it on it. Like, hey, when your mom's asleep, read this or whatever. And Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I'm not sure if you ever saw the uh, the cartoon with, uh, I think it was from that, it was on Twitter from Pixelated Boat, where it was like, I've never watched Black Mirror, but imagine how it's like. It's like, I love being a human and owning a computer, and then the computer's like, actually, I'm the human, and you're the computer. <laughs> and, then the, and then the guy's like, no, and then it's like zero zeros. This sucks. <laughs> It felt like that. Yeah. But, uh, that's essentially what it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just weird because then it was like mom's choice, like when she finds out like she was pregnant and she like forced kind of force fed her daughter the uh plan B pill. Mm-hmm. And then the daughter found out about it. It was it was it just like it shifted. And it didn't shift in a good way. Like yeah. as soon as the mom picked the tablet back up again, it, the the rest of the episode felt very off to me. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, it was just yeah, it, it just didn't work. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. The less, yeah, I guess. Uh, and just one last thing: Do you feel like if I don't know, like only parents could enjoy this episode, like only people with kids, or? I don't know. I don't I've heard know. that criticism. Mm-hmm. I don't because I don't know any parents that have watched it yet. Um, okay. I don't know. That's a good question because, like, as for me, like, kids until my nephew was born, mm-hmm. and like seeing it from like this point of view or in some bizarre turn of events where like I'm the one who has to take care of my nephew. I would never do this to him. Yeah, put a mirror in his <laughs> put a uh, camera in his head. I mean, yes, obviously all parents want to make sure their kids are safe. All parents want to make sure, you know, their kids aren't doing drugs, aren't drinking when they're not supposed to be. You know, that's that's normal parenting, but like yeah. to to go to like such an absurd level, it, it just doesn't make sense. No. You know what I mean? Yeah it doesn't work like even i mean the craziest of parents out there uh, like with the news story that just broke of the parents who like held their kids captive for like 17 years or whatever it's just like it just seems too unbelievable yeah that a parent would be like oh i'm gonna control my kid's life this much Mm -hmm. for no reason whatsoever because like missing okay that's enough to make a parent panic There, there was never anything suggested in the mom's past where she would feel okay to control her daughter this way. Because like it, do, it didn't seem like she was controlled that way. It didn't no. seem like I, yeah, either of her parents were like, "Hey, you need to do it. everything you do. You need to tell us about." It just like her kid went missing for a couple hours, and she found him, and that was it. And like that was enough to push her to be like, oh, I need to make sure I know where she is all the time. Yeah. Instead of doing doing the, like, correct parenting way and being like, hey, we need to have a talk because you can't just bolt like you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never, it never made sense on a level for a person to get to there. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was too, like, they were too, like, reactionary and, like, acting dumb, I guess. Yeah, it was too jump the gun. Yeah, no, for sure. So yeah, yeah. I think I think that I think that is mainly the critique of that episode. It's just everything's too far fetched. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to 
the next, <laughs> the bottom of the list is Crocodile. And we both didn't like Crocodile a lot. Why, why, no. is it, why is it called Crocodile? I don't know. You know what? I don't know. Yeah, like, why is it called Crocodile? And it's directed by John Hillcoke, who just did that movie Triple Nine. And Wallace, okay. and he did The Road, and I, I like The Road. I don't like those other movies he did, but I do like The Road. It's a depressing movie. And yeah, this was also kind of like a depressing episode. <laughs> Remind me of The Road. Have you have you seen The Road? I have, uh, I have not. It's it with, sounds familiar, um, but I haven't. Yeah, it, it's it's like a post-apocalyptic movie with Mad, excuse me, Vigo Mortison. And the guy, okay. that plays, the kid, that plays, the kid that plays Nightcrawler. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, just Crocodile. I feel like this was like also kind of like cliche, Black Mirror e, where it's like look at all these twists, you know? It was like look. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this website I pulled up, uh-huh. uh, heavy heavy dot com. Okay. It says um. Crocodiles are known for their great memories. Uh, they have thick skin. Okay. And uh, the term crocodile tears is very appropriate. Uh, I mean, obviously, after every title, there's like three paragraphs as to why. But like, how, do, how, do they, how do they know that crocodiles have good memories, though? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sign... Uh, uh, they they have complex social interactions, bond as pairs, and have strong memories, and they can plan. Some have been observed lying partially submerged under egret or heron colonies, holding sticks in their mouths. Oh, so yeah, it's basically like they study patterns of like their prey and will get themselves in a position to like, you know, take them out. Okay. Well, I guess that applies to it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but okay. So first off, I will say I liked, and Andrea Riseboro, who was really great in this episode, even though I didn't like the episode. Um, and she's <laughs> always been in like a lot of stuff, like um, Oblivion and Birdman. Okay. And yeah. She, yeah. She's always like been really good in the you know those movies yeah. Yeah. she's been in, uh, but she's never like starred in anything. So, I mean, she carried the episode well, I will say that. I think she did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, this episode, like, I think, like, people critiqued Metalhead for not having a story, but this one just didn't really seem very story, you know, very, like, it just seemed like twist, like, it wasn't story s story-based, you know? It was just twists. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't see this one having a story other than... Um, she kills people. Yeah, like <laughs> that's it. Like, um, mm-hmm. it off with like a really good story of like this couple hits a with no witnesses. You know, what do mm-hmm. they do? Like, if that's that's what Black Mirror usually does. It puts you in a situation of like, what would you do? Right, facing one of like like a worst possibility. What would you do in this situation? But then, like you know, 
they they did this thing where you know they got rid of the body they got rid of the bike they and then and she was totally against it the whole time and then you know you cut to like however many years later it was and successful which is great and then you know Mm -hmm. the ex-boyfriend shows up in shambles and he's like hey i really regret what we did and then like she's like well and now you're gonna die and like it's like she doesn't have any more remorse for killing yeah doesn't bother her like at all yeah she she keeps killing (laughs) yeah and it was just like okay now she's just on path and it just doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense yeah she came up you know, just murderous psychopath, like instantly. Yeah, and it just wasn't. It wasn't like. Uh, it just didn't make any sense. Like I said, and like when um, the other girl, uh, I think her name is Kiran. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she comes and like even she does the whole thing with her, and you're following her along the way, and you're starting to feel for her, and then she goes to uh. Andrea, and you're just like, oh, damn it, she's gonna go. And then they give you, like, a couple seconds of hope of, like, okay, well, maybe she's begged her way out of this, you know, maybe tell anyone um, mm-hmm. what she saw or what's yeah. gonna happen. And then it's just like, oh, no, she's she's gonna die. And <laughs> and it just, it didn't, it didn't make dies. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like, uh, yeah, it was just, it was so cliche cliche you know yeah it was every murder story we've ever seen so far mm-hmm. the only i think the only shock factor was the baby oh yeah that was okay so let's let's get to that i okay i just i don't know like it's it's one of those storylines i just i can't get behind as like someone who's like who writes like as a writer just, i yeah. really don't do infant side like you know when you kill the baby or you know, you kill the kids or, you know, even the dog to an extent. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I don't like that. Uh, those pot, those pot points, you know, it just feels so mean spirited and unnecessary, you know? It seems so inhuman. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Like, that's why, I mean, that's why I'm not the biggest fan of John Wick. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it's, it's a, I know it's a great movie and Keanu yeah. Reeves is great in it. You just don't kill innocent things like that, and you don't show it. Mm-hmm. The aftermath of what just happened to that thing that you mm-hmm. just destroyed, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think in uh, John Wick, it's also off screen, but, you know. It's off screen, and then, like, I think he, like, wakes up, and then there's just, like, a trail of blood to the oh. dog. Oh, no. And I think they make they play the sound of like the dog getting oh, killed. I can't okay, that's terrible. Yeah. But yeah. I would say I would go on a uh, John Wick rampage if someone attacked my dog. You know. So yeah, people are yeah. just get, they're getting mowed down if my dogs get hurt. Like. <laughs> so you know, I, I guess that was realistic, but um, yeah, you know, I, just, I I don't know. I just I really. I just felt like this was like too mean spirited, I guess, for Black Mirror even. And yeah, I guess she gets arrested, but um, you know, it's just there, there wasn't satisfaction in that. No, I think it's feel bad. Yeah, you just you feel horrible because she's already taken the mom away. 
She's taken the dad away. And then yeah. baby and you're you're not sure, you're sure you, you know, you think the police are just going to come and the house is just going to be you know, filled with a screaming baby who's been neglected. But then you find out like no, she she went to that level. And as, like, a bigger, you know, kick in the teeth, they're like, I don't know why they would do that to the baby, because, you know, the baby's blind. And it was just like, really? Like, you're just going to add that right on top and mm-hmm. make any... It's, it was just... pain. I think it was just, like, painful to be painful at that point, because it was yeah. just like, hey, this... Yeah, we, we're, you're already sad. Let's pepper in the fact that the baby was blind and she could have gotten away with it on top of it yeah yeah i just yeah i just i didn't i didn't i just that was like one step too far it's like you already killed you know the whole family you know yeah. at this point <clears throat> it, it's good that she got arrested but there was there was no satisfaction in her getting arrested right and she gets arrested like as her son is like doing like a gangster <laughs> yeah so yeah, I guess yeah, just, I don't know. Crack Crocodile just wasn't that great for for us at least. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's go to your favorite episode, which was Hang the <laughs> DJ. And just first yes. off, because I guess I've I've casually listened to this most from here from time to time. Okay. Uh, did you did you know that was a Smith song reference when you like saw that listing? Uh, I did not, not until you know the credits started to play. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you a Smiths fan or? I've listened to a couple of their songs. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. like mapped out their discography or anything. I like okay. their music. I just haven't like seeked them out to listen to. Okay, for sure. Um, so this episode, you know, it was directed by Tim Van Fatten. He does a lot of TV, but he did like all the good Game of Thrones episodes. So <laughs> okay, yeah, that's where he's probably known for just any good Game of Thrones episode, like okay. the Red Wedding or something. Okay, okay, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'll just I'll let you take the floor first. Why Why did you enjoy this episode so much? Uh, I liked the the love story in it, mm-hmm. and uh, the main actor. Uh, I love him because he was also in, uh, he's also in Peaky Blinders. Oh, is he? Okay. Him in Peaky Blinders. And it was, it's nice to see him in something different, in something like completely different. Mm-hmm. And he did. Did you also he enjoy? Did, yeah, <laughs> I do very much so. And um, it he was just, he was really good as a character because he plays somewhat of a side character. In Peaky Blinders, but he's still around enough that you like, you know, you recognize his face, you know, it's him when he's on screen. Mm-hmm. But he he took on the main role so well, and his chemistry with um, Georgina Georgina Campbell is her name. Um, their chemistry together it it flowed so nicely. It went so well with the script, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 worked it really well, and it was just like it was a. Uh, you know, the obvious, if technology uh, could control your life, would you let it type of situation? But it was also, um, you know, would you listen? Would you do what it says no matter what? And it was just like, if you, it was not new age Romeo and Juliet, because 
no one died like an idiot in it, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, <laughs> no one died. <laughs> <laughs> um, these two were given these paths like directly in front of them. Mm-hmm. And at about three intersections, they meet. And at the third intersection, when they have to part again, it's just not enough for them. And I think they did it so beautifully where they were just like, subconsciously were like, yeah, I want him as my last meeting. I want her as my last meeting. Mm-hmm. And even like with, without even saying, without even needing to, to message or do whatever with each other before they meet, both of them are just on the same page of like, I can't do this. I want to do this with you. Mm-hmm. Here. Yeah. I just thought... I just thought it was so it was so well written and it's um on the level as San Junipero because mm-hmm. San Junipero was like out of this world amazing. Yeah. It was like next level. Yeah, it was next level amazing. But it it was just it was a happy story and it stayed happy most <laughs> of the way through. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas San Junipero it was happy and then there was, it was sad and then, yeah. you know, they got their happy ending. But, yeah, it was um, very bittersweet. Bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very bittersweet. But um, and then like you know, with the first love story that I can remember that Black Mirror did with uh, and uh, Dom Hall Gleason. Oh yeah, the BRB. Yeah, yeah, that one. I loved that one from that season as well. But okay. again, it was very. It was. It was a great love story, and it, it showed how. Uh, be when they you know absolutely truly fully love someone and it mm-hmm. shows like the limits they'll go to but it also shows what happens when you reach those limits yeah Where it, as with hang the dj it was like it's and even at the end when it's like zooming out of like you know the testing phase and it shows like all the different you know iterations of these two people it was like they've reached their limits but they still push past the limits they needed to get past so mm-hmm. that's why I liked it so much. I just thought it was a really beautiful episode and it wasn't it wasn't too cliche of a love story where you were like, Oh, I've seen this a million times, I'm over it. It yeah. was just it was nice. We it showed dating life pretty well, how when like his they were supposed to be together for like three years and like from the start they hated each other, but for some mm-hmm. reason they stuck around still and like, you know, majority of everyone on this earth have been in relationships like that. Yeah. And it, it showed how the guy that she had met after she met Joe was like for good, but then like little things here and there would just like set her off and her and it showed that part of a relationship really well because I mean no one's gonna love each other a hundred percent. Everyone's gonna have something that annoys them about the other person. Yeah. They they showed it really well while also showing, you know, this is what would happen if you let Tinder take over your life completely. Or <laughs> yeah, this is what happens if like plenty of fish is just the only thing on your phone now. And oh. Oh, that's why, that's why I liked it a lot. At any point, did you, uh, did you ever like catch wind of the, of the twist? Of them going back to each other? Oh, or no. Them that running they, away? That they were actually like programs in a simulation. No, I did not. That's okay. that's also what I liked about it. Because I'm a sucker for, like, somewhere <clears throat> surrounded by a wall and them trying to see what's behind that wall. Like a Truman Show. Yeah, I know it was very... I love... It was very Truman Show. Yeah, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. 
what is behind you know that wall for them what happens if they climb uh that store that those stairs you know so i i loved it and i loved how i loved how it wasn't just uh you know plain jane they go back to the regular world and they Mm -hmm. have to live each other with the regular world it was like no these two are somewhat lines of code and for some reason they can't stay away from each other because of it yeah you know and they beat their program too so yeah exactly like almost every time it's pretty and uh what did you like about it um well i mean i guess i didn't see that coming the twist um i am a sucker for a good twist not something that's convoluted like the village (laughs) yeah you know something um but yeah you know i I really like that they were um they more or less kind of beat this like universe which i guess was their you know the system trying to keep them apart and they ended up together and in real life too yeah so um, yeah i yeah i really dug that um yeah i mean i i feel like you you said uh more than I could say at this point. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of went on for a while. No, there. no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's quite right. Um, and you know, it's also uh, because I think like criticism Black Mirror, it's too dark. You know, this is this one like Callister. I mean, this is a very like you know, like it wasn't like it was happy most of the time, but it was you know, it was a feel good episode. Like oh, it's own. They had some episodes where it wasn't depressing. You know, they they you know. That's yeah, like, exactly. Uplifting episodes, and this was one for Black Mirror. Yeah, exactly. You finally just get you know the love story that that you feel like you deserve after watching a couple of episodes of Black Mirror. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um. So, anything else we could say about this thing, the DJ? I have something to say, but I want to save it until we're done talking about all the episodes. Okay, for sure. Okay, um, so next one is Black Mirror, second to last, and this ring pretty highly for both. Um, you mean Metalhead? Metalhead, excuse me. <laughs> and it's directed by David Slade, who did Hard Candy. I'm not sure if you've ever seen that movie. It's pretty good. The one with Patrick Wilson and Ellen Page, right? Yeah, and like he's like a creeper, and he, you know. Yes, I love that movie. It is it's, so messed up. Mm-hmm. It's a really good movie. Um, and he also did Thirty Days of Night and Twilight for some reason. Oh, Twilight Thirty Eclipse. Days of Night is really good. Oh, he did Eclipse. Oh, what a step yeah. down. I know. He did like really cool vampires or really lame ones. <laughs> yeah. But um, so this one, I really enjoyed like the stylized black and white in this, like all the like kind of camera, all the cinematography was amazing. All the like play, it was like it kind of reminded me of like Sin City, you know, where uh-huh. they only have like two colors, but they play with it so well. Like the scene with yeah. when the when the little tracker gets like hit with the white paint, you know. Yeah. Was, I see what awesome. you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, you can make the Twilight Zone comparison, it being black and white, so I guess they kind of embrace that in a way. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, did you ever watch Walking Dead? I think you said you you, you have before. Yeah, no, I, I watched it for like five seasons before they fake killed off Glenn numerous times. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like an episode, I want to say it's in like the sixth season. I think it was like after like the mid-season finale of the sixth season or something, mm-hmm. where they tried to do like an all-black-and-white episode. Mm-hmm. And it did not work. <laughs> like, oh, really? No one, yeah, no one liked it. None of the fans understood what they were trying to go for there. <laughs> um. So, so like next episode, like they just like literally, if you binge it on Netflix, one episode is going to be a black and white, and then the next you're going to be like back to normal. Yeah. What was the reasoning though for like Black and Dead just going off on a tangent here? I think I can't remember the reason. I think they just wanted to try something different, or they tried. And wanted to make it like a comic booky a little more, hmm. but it just didn't work. Oh. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because uh, that's that's like the don't of the black and white episode universe. Whereas like hang the DJ is like the do. Like <laughs> if you're gonna do black and white, do it like or not hang the DJ, uh, metalhead. Metalhead. Yeah, do it like metalhead because you don't over. You don't. You know make it painfully obvious that this is the only black and white episode because I mean about like halfway through maybe a little less I kind of forgot it was you know a black and white episode I was so mm-hmm. engrossed in the story that it just I didn't care that it was black and white anymore like I still saw everything they wanted me to see oh for sure yeah yeah it yeah it used it so well it was very like also kind of like hitchcockian it was very like you know it's the whole thing was like a yeah 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 so that was cool um you know everyone i liked it but people complained it didn't have enough story but i mean i don't think that really mattered because you know it was it was something else something different you were on your seat the whole time yeah, it, it it made the reason why it's like my number two is um <clears throat> because it made me so uncomfortable. You start off and you're following these characters and like you know this post-apocalyptic whatever universe we're all used to that by now. It's not anything uncommon to see or play through or whatever, and um, then they show them you know generic supplies run or whatever it is they needed to do and they get to this warehouse and you, mm-hmm. you know the warehouse scene where there's gonna be whatever it is behind a pile of boxes and someone's gonna get bitten yeah. or someone's gonna get taken out but um like you know the the dogs i think they're just called the dogs um they show like the dog and the guy gets like shot in the face and he falls back. And then, you know, the dog gets up and goes down really casually and just pops the guy's head off. And I was like, Oh my God. Like that's what scared me. Like it made me so uncomfortable because it looked like Mm -hmm. these things couldn't be taken out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it took like a two shotgun blasts. Yeah. To the throat to like kill them. Yeah. And then even then, this is jumping ahead in the episode. You're seeing them everywhere after, like yeah. in that last oh, shot yeah, of everything. Was, you're seeing them come, like, no matter show. what. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this you know, I mean, I feel there isn't too much to say about it, but I think you know, just watching this, you know, just speaks volumes. Just yeah, it that. does. Yeah. I don't see how. 
I mean, I can understand why people are saying there isn't a story to it because you really don't get this. You don't get like you know, the main story of it until, I mean, you don't really get the main story of it, of like where these dogs came from, mm-hmm. why they have suddenly turned against humanity. And to me, it didn't feel like I needed that story. I needed, right. I want, I, I needed and wanted the story of why this girl dudes was going out and trying to find um, something or, yeah, the teddy bear. And mm-hmm. it, you don't get that until the end, but um, but you still get that story. But I mean, with most post-apocalyptic, you don't ever get the outbreak source. You don't ever get um, why you know people are suddenly hiding and why you know you 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 very rarely get that story. And yeah. I think I think Black Mirror just stuck with that theme. Mm-hmm. And they they gave you um they gave you just this one solo person's story yeah and you don't get the the answer to it until you've gone to the end so I can see why people were complaining but you also you know the basis the basic story that Black Mirror usually provides with mm-hmm. and get that yeah. this time oh for sure I will say though weren't the dogs guarding like. The, the warehouse, I guess. I don't think they were guarding the warehouse. I think they were just kind of like all over. Oh, okay. Because if you re- if you remember when she got to that house near the end, and it was just mm-hmm. that couple in the bed. Oh, that's right. They they offed themselves so they didn't have to face the dogs. Like I think it I think it was just the dogs took over, or their programming was bad, or something. Okay. I I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was just that one warehouse because they were scoping it out for dogs, and then. Thought yeah. they were clear and they weren't. Yeah, just wait until the machines take over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> be nice to your Alexa. Be nice to your Google Home. You know. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. So I guess well, moving on. Anything else to say about uh, Metalhead? Um, no, I didn't know it was made by uh, the same guy who did Hard Candy. I love that hmm. movie. Yeah, no, it makes sense why I like. So much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great it's a great film. Yeah. Okay, so Black Museum by um Colm McCarthy, who also just did a bunch of BBC shows. So okay. he did Pinky Blinders, six episodes. Okay. I wonder what episodes. Uh, I think from season two. And he, yeah, he did like Spooks, The Deep, Sherlock. So just a lot of BB. Um, so again, like the Christmas episode, this was kind of, no, not kind of, it was pretty much an anthology episode. Yeah. And, you know, it was like a Ripley's, believe it or not. S Museum, that was really cool. I mean, the fact that it was kind of like um, a little bit um, like, I wouldn't say a clip show episode, but it was like kind of a self, uh, self-referential self episode because you see all these like Easter eggs, yeah, previous yeah. episodes, like murder weapons used or like, there was some other stuff. Uh, there's a comic from 15 Million Merits. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the uh, let me see the bathtub that the husband's murdered in crocodile yeah. the tablet the tablet yeah yeah I'm sure there's other stuff uh, but yeah what are your, what are your thoughts on this episode I liked it a lot um first it seemed um when the girl uh Letitia? I'm not sure how to say her name. I think it's just she's called Niche. Oh no, I'm at the actress. Oh okay, yeah, I'm not sure actually. I'll stick with Niche. Uh, when uh, mm-hmm. when Niche uh, showed up and you know she was getting her car charged or whatever it was, and it it showed the museum, rang in my head of like, oof, would I go into a museum if I were alone? <laughs> like you know, on the offside <laughs> of the. Because it, it yeah. had such a, it had such psycho qualities of like mm-hmm. this. This is the only thing I've seen for miles. You know, maybe there's someone in it. Yeah. Maybe there's someone I I can talk to because I've been on the road for who knows how long. And mm-hmm. so she goes up, she gets in, and like that's something I feel like I would do because weird oddity museums like that are always gonna attract a certain crowd a certain person so that that part made sense and then um yeah i yeah i just like the stories behind it i liked how it didn't like hash out old stories it just mm-hmm. kind of like gave like respective nods to it like you said like with the bathtub and the archangel or the the tablet stuff like that it just kind of gave um you know if you pay attention you'll see that from that episode but we're going to talk mm-hmm. about this brand new story out of nowhere and i think they did a good job with that while also building um their own story within the episode of a dozen stories you know what i mean yeah yeah and you know all the stories like they're not just random they build up to plot points that are used like later in like the episode like you know for uh people transferring consciousness you know uh, yeah you know the neurological research stuff like that i mean it pays off you know yeah it does and it shows that black mirror you know likes to somewhat tease that maybe this is all in the same universe and maybe you know um some people's theories aren't that far off when they uh when they think of how some episodes could be linked together so it's nice that they they do that sort of thing mm-hmm. oh for sure yeah i know i'm glad that they're you know kind of uh call, you know because it's all in the same universe i get the feeling so you know it's cool that they're calling back to previous ones i don't think it's like too easter eggy yeah and you know it was, it was yeah. fun to see all that you know, for a long time fans. Just, uh, yeah, I yeah. like. I don't know why so many people are are criticizing it. I think I, I told you this the other day. I think they're just criticizing it because it's not like the John Ham episode. Yeah, I I get that. I get that feeling. And people people are just trying to relate it to the John Ham episode too much, where it, it just it's trying to be its own episode. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, what was your uh, favorite segment from all the flashbacks? to remember what the flashbacks were i remember there was the girl with the husband and wife mm-hmm. and then he put her in the teddy bear yeah and then it was the like frankenstein-esque dude 
and then because there were three stories and then it was Nisha's story, right? Oh yeah, yeah the, the the dad. No, I think yeah. I think my favorite was uh the doctor who like started living off the pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that one because it was so messed up. <laughs> like that was like yeah that was uh it was very you know that's the height of black mirror i guess yeah yeah um i think mine was uh monkey needs a hug i guess okay so that was like really creepy that, yeah the, the voice of the doll creeped me out yeah dolls <laughs> dolls are just unsettling terrible in general. Yeah. yeah even monkeys i guess yeah because it was like the husband just wanted his wife back and then you know yeah like they couldn't, couldn't handle it yeah they like couldn't handle being i don't know in the same body i guess <laughs> yeah yeah and then he turned you know transfers her consciousness to a monkey yeah which was like super messed up mm-hmm. so yeah i mean yeah it was just a, that was that was a messed up segment um so I guess this kind of goes, I guess, just kind of on the, like, it's about this episode, but it's just kind of the, you know, s- scope of the show, just as an entity. Uh, do you feel like, so, like, Black Mirror isn't for everyone, because this episode, there was some controversy, I guess, it felt, like, too mean-spirited, and kind of the morale, I think we talked about this earlier, some of the morality of the show feels like too vindictive, I guess. Like it's very like eye for an eye justice. You know, if you see this episode, you know, she not only kills the guy, she transfers his consciousness somewhere else where he's always suffering. Mm-hmm. Or you, you see stuff like the Waldo, I guess like Waldo moment. And, you know, because everyone's dumb, they get like a dumb, uh, character for like a prime minister, you know, or you know, shut up and dance. You know, you see some of the morality of that, where it's like because these people are messed up, they'll you know get get ruined or like hate in the nation is also because of that. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I I, I wouldn't say it's too mean spirited. Okay. Yeah, because I, I don't agree with that because there are, you know, if you look at like San Junipero, that's obviously a happy story and so is uh, yeah. yeah, so is Hang the DJ so it's not every episode but I guess, do you feel like the morality gets too like, it gets too like Old Testament, I guess? I think I think people just don't want to see themselves put in these situations. And okay. I think people are, are trying to argue that in that situation. Like with uh, Black Museum, when he's talking about how he would have lines and lines of people just to flip the switch and see a guy mm. get electrocuted. I think people are like, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Of course yeah. I wouldn't do that. But it's like it's the same uh not the same as, but it's like Jurassic Park level of like, if we could make dinosaurs, you know we would make dinosaurs. And you right. know you know dumbass people would go and see <laughs> the T-Rex. <Yeah. laughs> you know it. And you know how certain people can be. And I think it's just people are like, 
sometimes black mirror is just a little too meta or it's a little too uh beyond this universe and a little too out there because i wouldn't ever do that and you're in that situation oh and it does, black mirror does a really good job at showing the extremes of a situation and the extremes of a per of what a person would go to mm -hmm. oh, they for sure. yeah they tried that with archangel and it just didn't fit mm -hmm. but like with uh with shut up and dance that's a that's another great episode oh yeah really really that, good yeah i like the episode i don't know i don't know if i love the episode but I, I think that was good and i think that i think people are kind of getting a little overblown with the criticism like i do feel once or twice it gets too mean as we discussed earlier but it's not always the case you know it's not always exactly you know. yeah and they're you know go ahead mm -hmm. and they're even like you know uh some twilight zones where they get pretty you know, <laughs> oh, you know people have yeah some, exactly people people have some cool fates i don't think yeah like like your favorite episode that dude is just he's death he's doomed from the beginning like, <laughs> yeah he really sometimes that just it. happens mm -hmm. yeah like, yeah shit happens as a series i don't think it's too mean-spirited okay. i think maybe two to three episodes are too mean-spirited crocodile is too mean-spirited i think that's mm -hmm. why we don't like it too much it's too mean-spirited yeah but then you get good episodes like playtest super super mean towards that one singular person but mm -hmm. if if you watch it over and over again you see just how how brilliant it is and how genius it is and because this dude is going through like you know mental trauma and psychological horror at its at its extreme mm -hmm. seeing like how great that would be and how you know with virtual reality the way it is today people are already getting scared but people are already asking for more from virtual reality it's why yeah. they have like vrs set up in movie theaters it's because mm. people want they want that experience without having to be in that experience yeah no so, I, I, I agree and i will say just going back to uh just the episode people there was an experiment where people would uh shock someone that, you know, even though they were having pain, that was like a—I think it was the Stanford Stanford or, Prison Experiment. No, no, I don't think it was the Stanford Prison Experiment. Um, it was—it was based on a movie. It was called Experiment, or so people okay. did shock people. So, what's yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So sadly, but yeah. So this this definitely was a good episode, and yeah, I I feel um that yeah just some of the criticisms were a little bit overblown i i agree i feel like she she did um i think she deserved what what she did i think what she did was good because if you were i mean if you were in that situation and mm. you know, your loved one was wrongfully accused and not just wrongfully accused but to the point that he's gonna die for it yeah um, and you know the truth and you know that other people know the truth, but they're just not listening. And you're getting that moment for revenge. Mm -hmm. Revenge on the, on the person who put him in prison. Maybe it's not revenge on the physical person who flipped the switch, but it's enough revenge to help you go to sleep at night. Oh, sure. 
I think it makes sense. Like yeah. we, we would do that if we could, if we could get away with it, we would absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. Her yeah. story made sense to me and, and it, it felt nice that she got her own little happy ending. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm inclined to agree. Um, so just, just winding down here, you know, we went through all the episodes, um, just talking on the season at a whole. Um, I don't want, I don't want to get too real at this point, but did you, did you, so like, you know, you've been a fan since like 20, like 2015, 2016 for the show. I would say roughly then. Yeah. Okay. And that was when our, uh, our reality was a little more, um, I don't know what, I guess maybe stable. Would you, would you, is that a good one? <laughs> Did you feel, and just how crazy things have gone in real life, did you feel like it was less, I want to say less enjoyable, but was it harder to watch or like, did it feel different watching? Do you mean, was this there, season? Like, was there mm-hmm. like less escapism? Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess that's the question. Like with certain <laughs> world leaders and them. I would say like a mm-hmm. I would say yes and no. Okay. Like I think the like obvious controlled episodes like USS Callister mm-hmm. Angel. I think that would be less escape escapism I got from it because it was just like person ruining it for everyone else. Yeah. Crocodile she was kind of ruining her own life. I mean, she did mm-hmm. kill the other people, but she was, it was a solo story. Yeah. Um, same with Black Museum, I guess, because the guy in it, he kind of ruined other people's lives. Mm-hmm. But I just, it, it seemed less controlled in Black Museum. Yeah. But I don't I don't think this season got too real. Um, okay. Uh, the way our world is now, but. Yeah, because, you know, there's sometimes where it feels like I'm living in an episode of Black Mirror <laughs> or something, if you look at the, you know, yeah. or if you go on Twitter or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I will agree. It didn't it didn't change um, my experience in any of the episodes, you know, because they're, you know, they're all different. They're not about one thing. They're not about politics or one aspect of the world they're about multiple stuff you know excuse me multiple topics um yeah exactly yeah but i will say you know in the back of my head it's like oh, you know it's like it's like now i'll turn this off and go back to real life oh wait <laughs> i don't um, want to do that <laughs> and, you know, watching i'd rather live in some yeah. of these realities you know <laughs> I'll, I'll, i'd rather live in like hang the dj reality please <laughs> yeah. oh for sure yeah even um, though yeah Mm-hmm. say um earlier because i think you had asked me about it but um what i noticed with this season as a whole excuse me um mm-hmm. all except hang the dj had uh themes with children oh if okay you, if, you, if you noticed yeah or the like mm-hmm. callister had tommy um archangel obviously uh crocodile obviously had the two kids in it uh, metalhead that they were just trying to get the teddy bear for the kid, and then Black Museum. It was the kid's revenge. Yeah, it it's a strange running theme. Mm-hmm. I think it's more based in um, 
it, it, it can be a cause for losing the escapism of the show mm-hmm. if you're thinking about how you know and generation z kids are getting treated now it's like you know how are you gonna how are they gonna survive how are they gonna do anything like this if you know a, an older bigger force keeps knocking us down yeah i i, I liked that about it because it wasn't forcefully like this episode's about a kid this episode's about a kid it was really subtle and certain it's very like, yeah I, I definitely see that now that you pointed that out. It seems like kind of a running theme through this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like that was kind of the constant. Yeah, I I mean, except that one episode. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I will say, yeah, I could definitely see that is sort of a, maybe like a very uh, long, you know, long-winded message he was trying to get out through the season. I mean, you know, you see, uh, did I send you that tweet where it was like, was it that Nintendo Switch with the box of the house? Is it, yeah. Yeah. Can you, what is that? It's like Nintendo Labo. Yeah. It's, and, mm-hmm. it's for kids. <laughs> it's coming out on 420. It's $69. Um, and it's but it's for kids. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's cardboard. I, I'm assuming it's like a thicker cardboard. But essentially, it's you know, it's bringing Nintendo back to kids mm-hmm. uh, the same way we grew up with our Nintendo devices. Um, yeah, but it had someone made the best meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's you build up things and then you use it with your Switch, and <clears throat> you can have like a backpack, or you can have like a bow and arrow, you can have like a shotgun, depending on what game you're playing, or you can just like build things within the game Nintendo Labo and then you build it with your cardboard and you use it that way. It, it's essentially supposed to be for kids, but like a lot of adults are wanting it for some reason. Yeah. Oh, but, but the meme was finally a house millennials can afford and that's the yeah. cardboard. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's and, Labo, and, which is you true. know, and yeah, I will agree, you know, just, I guess kind of uh, speaking just some of the themes for the show, you know, um, you know, you see all these like think pieces, like millennials are ruining the future, like avocado mm-hmm. toast or something stupid. And yeah, you know, the, you know, and you know, if you look at like you know older generations, you know, millennials aren't the ones like polluting or like, um, you know, destroying the housing market or you know stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's the uh, previous generation that that did a lot of that. So. There was, you there know, was I could. One thing I read. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, sorry. Thank you. Uh, it's just there was one thing I read where um, I think it was on Tumblr or something, and uh, someone had mentioned to their teacher like you know they were tired of being so broke all the time, and the teacher was an older person, and he was like, "Well, when I was your age, I only got like six dollars an hour at my job," and then like mm-hmm. someone had done the math, and like six dollars an hour back then is like eighteen dollars an hour today, so yeah. it was like, it's, sure, it's you like- got six dollars, but like six dollars was like a fortune back then, whereas mm-hmm. six dollars is barely a drink. <laughs> oh. And he probably had like healthcare and. Uh-huh. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I could definitely see that as like a message charles booker was trying to get across maybe this season yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um yeah no it's you know it's a brilliant season i i think uh just kind of wrapping up here um you know i i enjoyed it more than season three i feel like season three might have been kind of a trend like a transition season for them mm-hmm. um you know, because that was the first flicks. They were kind of getting used to a new uh, uh, 
new network. I guess Netflix yeah. is a network, you know, yeah. as opposed to uh, they were originally on, uh, I don't think it was the BBC. It was Channel Channel 2 is the name of the station. Yeah, uh, BBC 2. Yeah. Yeah, it was on. Yeah, oh, no, no, it was British Channel 4. So I'm, oh, I'm not okay. from England. So I don't know <laughs> But yeah, you know, I think they were still transitioning, getting used to it. And, you know, I don't think season three, not knocking it, but it didn't have as much replay value for me, at least. Like there were some really good episodes, really great episodes, but it wasn't like it was either really great or like eh, it was all right. Yeah. You know? uh, I, I'm reading through the episodes right now uh, from season three. Recognizing them from the name. Mm-hmm like the biographies and really the only ones that are playtest shut up and dance and chant San Junipero. I mean, I remember oh. nosedive, but like by the end of nosedive, I just felt sorry for the girl. Like I was like, yeah. go home. Like, yeah, yeah, right. She's in jail, but I don't know. It's kind of liberating. She's in jail. Gets to yeah. say whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think season three was memorable enough. Yeah. This season was good for, I mean, they understood Netflix. They knew what they could look, work with. And I think they did a really good job with it. And yeah, they really took their time and like the pacing of the season as well. So yeah, I have to, have to really hand it to them, you know? Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're keeping up with it. So that's that's what's mm-hmm. good. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, let me see. Any other, any other topics we're discussing before we... Was it in this uh, awesome talk? <laughs> Not that I can think of. I just wanted to get that like child. I child, yeah, child no, idea, that, but, like, <laughs> that you look forward to next season, which will probably be another year from now. Probably another year. Um, I think they're gonna change their date on when they release it because people have people found out like last year, like oh, it's the twenty ninth of December, and then everyone was waiting for it. Yeah. So I. I would love for them to just drop the episode. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that would be such, like, I was expecting them to do it with this season. Mm-hmm. Asking for, like, where's, like, you know, the release date and all that stuff. But because of, like, how it is with them, I'd love for them to just be, like, I don't know, like, mid-October and just be like, oh, hey, like, six new episodes of Black Mirror on Netflix. Have fun. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything I'd want them to do. Yeah. I don't want them to do a uh, Tide Pod episode. <laughs> oh no! Oh god! Yeah, that's um, uh, that's, yeah. that's too real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we get it. We're no. <laughs> oh. I I don't know. I can't think of anything that I'd want them to do. Mm-hmm. Mainly because of what they've done. I've never thought about before. You know, to begin with, like with their episode structure and all that stuff. So I, oh. I don't know if I have any like predictions or any ideas of what I, what I'd want them to touch on or do or anything like that. Do you? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll say first, I, I do agree on the release date as long as it's not like the Punisher where it took like forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was really annoying. the release date that wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say I would like for there to be like a sequel to certain episodes. You know, I think he's discussed that before, like Charles Booker, 
that he wanted to do sort of, I want to say sequels to episodes, but like kind of in the same sort of story, you know, certain characters Um, meet up. Yeah. Like, you know, you see like what happened to the rest of the people in 50 million merits or the Waldo moment, maybe them overthrowing Waldo or something, you know? So yeah. Um, Maybe like they use the same augmented reality from playtest on a different person. So yeah, I wouldn't uh, yeah. say like yeah, like spiritual sequels to certain episodes. I guess that's what that I want to. Yeah, yeah, because like you said, like Black Museum touched on it, but it didn't really give you know much to the episodes. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I don't know. I thought I think that would be a cool idea for him to do. I think that'd be cool. Or just, like, certain characters meeting up. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure, yeah. I think they could do that really well. As long as they Mm -hmm. got, like, the right writers. Yeah. One was communicating. Mm -hmm. I think they could do that. Yeah. Of course. So I guess that's kind of wrapping it up here. Um, Emma, thank you for being on this episode. You were great. Um, It's cool to talk to another Black uh, uh, Black Mirror fan. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Where can uh, people find you? Find me on Twitter at Stupid Moment Suit. And uh, I think that's all I'll put out because my Instagram's too complicated. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no, yeah, it's a great episode. Um, so, you know, like, subscribe. If something you don't like, please just watch anyway on thewafflepress.com. You can find me on G9892, Twitter, Instagram, all that. Um, Thank you for listening. We've been professionally unprofessional.